It's time for another LA Kings fan feedback show. Your comments and questions on the LA Kings on this edition of Locked on LA Kings. You are Locked on Kings, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Kings. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Kings fans, welcome to Locked On LA Kings, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On LA Kings your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. We would love for you to leave us a positive comment on Apple Podcasts if you're a fan of the show. And we're also on YouTube. Please like and subscribe if you are enjoying this content. I'm Eddie Garcia, your host of Locked On LA Kings. I've worked in sports media for the past 30 years, 20 plus years of the Fox Sports Radio Network. I'm also co-host of the Puck Podcast. It's a weekly NHL review show. That's been putting out content for the last 17 years and a passionate L.A. Kings fan for 30 years. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. Well, we've come to another Friday as we get ready for hopefully a fun weekend for you guys. But uh, Friday means on this show during the offseason specifically that it's time for another L.A. Kings fan feedback show. Lots of questions and comments. And as usual, we'll start with the emails. Our first one comes from Brian in Los Alamitos. And he says, I heard last Monday's show, and I could not agree with you more about the Kings logo. It is so boring and lacks any creativity. Personally, I think it is the second worst logo in the league. Ducks have the worst logo. Uh, I wish the Kings would do something special like the current black and white jersey with the original crown. I've included a picture created by artist Dallas Kirkpatrick. I think it looks pretty sharp. It combines the Kings past with the present future. Unfortunately, I've heard Luke Robitaille say in an interview that there is almost zero chance of the Kings making changes to the logo as it is very, very expensive to do so. Uh, you're not just changing jerseys, but you need to change the logo everywhere throughout Crypto.com Arena, the practice facility, billboards, etc. Thanks again for all the hard work uh, that you do for us Kings fans. Well, thank you, Brian. Appreciate that. Appreciate your email. Uh, for those of you watching on the YouTube channel, you will get to see the picture that Brian included from uh, artist Dallas Kilpatrick. And I have to agree with you, Brian. Uh, I think that's not it. I think that this uh, design... Uh, is very very sharp and it's it's pretty subtle you're not really changing much uh, as far as the colors go and i'll still say i would love to see uh at least some purple and gold incorporated it doesn't even have to be that much just a stripe around you know the stripes on the sleeves perhaps or at the bottom of the jersey or maybe the socks just a little bit of color i don't think is too much to ask but i absolutely love the current black and white jersey with the original crown logo i've said it a million times i think the crown logo needs to return whether it's in the original form from the old form and form blue and gold days which is the one i prefer which is the one that we saw if you're watching on youtube or the other crown logo we had during what was it the 90s uh, early 2000s um as far as what luke robitaille had to say i mean that's something we don't consider that yes if you're going to change the logo then you got to change it on everything from business cards to letterhead to as you know signage billboards all that kind of stuff I'm sure that's true, but I'm sorry. Uh, you know, even NHL franchises, which don't make nearly as much as the other four sports, even those franchises are still multi-million dollar entities. They can afford to change the stupid logo every now and then. And, oh, by the way, uh, teams do this occasionally. Why? Because they want to generate sales. Uh, you get a new logo on the jersey. Everybody wants the, the new jersey. 
Uh, everybody wants the new whatever uh, license plate frame. Uh, I, what a pennant on your in your man cave, whatever. So yeah, you're going to spend some money to change it, but you're also going to make a lot of money in because everyone likes, for the most part, if it's done right, people love new stuff. So uh, I'm not really buying the Luke Robitaille. I'm not saying he's necessarily wrong. Yeah, it would be expensive to change the logo because you got to do it everywhere. But in the end, you'll also be making money. I think the King's logo is very stale. Uh, we've mentioned it before. I it's get it, get some color on it. Get the crown logo on it. And I think you'd make a lot of Kings fans happy. I don't think that uh, that uh, Brian and myself are the only ones who, who feel this way. Uh, our next email comes from Anthony. He's in Reno, Nevada. And he says, so regarding Byfield versus Stutzla, you seem to have really wanted Tim. But remember, Byfield had an ankle injury that derailed his rookie season. And then this year, he got sick and lost all that weight. His development was derailed. Many people are convinced that Byfield will have a better career in the long run, including myself. Both players in their second season, Byfield had a 1.73 points per game in 40 games, and Stutzla had 1.37 in 79 games. Uh, this is a big season for him to stay healthy, first and foremost, and will be his first full season. I'm excited to see him blossom. Team Byfield all day. Uh, it says, now to change the subject, should McDavid choose to leave Edmonton in three years if they haven't won a championship yet, should L.A. pursue? Uh, all right, um, Anthony, I'm going to hold off on the McDavid question because it kind of leads into a similar question in our next email. But as far as Tim Stutzla versus Quentin Byfield, let me clarify my stance on Quentin Byfield. I am a supporter of his. Uh, I am not ready in any way to claim that he is a bust in any way. I'm not ready to hit the panic button on him. I think his development has been a little bit slower than we all would have liked, but I'm still optimistic he can turn into a player that can significantly contribute to the LA Kings may not be a superstar, but a guy that can have a very fine NHL career and be a player of, of impact. Um, as far as him versus Tim Stutzla at the time of the draft, we've mentioned this many times. People had said experts supposedly that know more than you and me, and I'm sure they do. Quentin Byfield was going to be a guy who's going to take more time. He, uh, you know, has his body type was going to take more time to develop. Um, he played the center position, which is more valuable than the wing. And in the end, those were the things you had to consider with Byfield. For Stutzla, a winger, more NHL ready. He was going to come in and help you immediately. But in the end, in the long run, probably wasn't going to have as big of a career as Byfield. And again, he plays wing. Center is a more important position. So add it all together, the Kings decided to go with Quentin Byfield. If I was the general manager at the time, I would have gone with Quentin Byfield. So I'm not here to say the Kings made a mistake. They should have took Tim Stutzla. That having been said, uh, if you gave me a choice right now between the two, there's no way I'm taking Quentin Byfield. Tim Stutzla is a proven star NHL player right now. So if I have that choice, which obviously we don't, we're just talking kind of fantasy sports here, but there's no way I'm taking Quentin Byfield. He still is a question mark. We don't know. We we think, we hope, we're projecting. Um, but I and I also, frankly, even if Quentin Byfield turns into the player that I think he can turn into, I still th don't think he's going to be a better player than Tim Stutzla. Tim Stutzla, if you redrafted the 2020 draft, would be the number one pick, and it's not even close. I don't think. So that's what we're talking about here. It's not like I'm I wanted, I didn't want Stutzla at the time, like I said. Uh, I would have gone with Quentin Byfield as well, so I'm not going to dump on the Kings for doing something that I would have done as well. But I also 
you have to admit right now and likely for their careers, Tim Slitzel is going to be the better player. So anybody that had Stutzla as the guy that the Kings should have taken, you it's turned out that you had the right opinion. But like I said, I'm not down on Byfield necessarily. I, I wish he would have has come along a little more than where he has. I'm still optimistic he can turn into very good players. I'm not in the camp that thinks this guy's a bust. We need to get rid of him, anything along those lines. But like I said, if you're giving me a choice, uh, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and take uh, Tim Stutzla on that one. Uh, this comes from Bill in Phoenix, Arizona. He says, first time writer uh, and everydayer. Uh, he says, I saw that Arizona's own Austin Matthews signed a new deal with the Leafs. Uh, he's now the highest paid player per season in the NHL at 13 plus million. But I also read the Leafs wanted to sign him to a longer deal, but he only wanted four years. Idiots in Arizona keep thinking he's going to come here, insert laughter here. Uh, but I do think that he's giving the Leafs four years to win a cup, or if not, he'll leave to join another contender. Could LA be a landing spot? Thanks and go Kings go. So we had a question from Anthony about maybe uh, uh, Connor McDavid coming to LA at some point, And now Bill is asking about maybe uh, Austin Matthews. I would say of the two that uh, Austin Matthews is a more realistic possibility um, I, I, Connor McDavid's contract is up. Um, it's, he's up, it's up in the, uh, 2025, 20, 26 season, I believe. Um, and Matthews is going to be a UFA after the 2028, 20, 29 season. Um, by the way, Drew Doughty's $11 million contract ends after the 2026, 20, 27 season. So, uh, McDavid is a UFA a year before Doughty's contract expires. Matthews is a UFA the year after Dowdy's contract expires. First and foremost, I don't think there's any way the Edmonton Oilers let Connor McDavid get away regardless. They're going to pay him whatever he wants. Um, so that's pretty much off the table. As for Austin Matthews, I kind of agree with the email from Bill. Um, I saw those reports as well that they said that the Leafs wanted to sign him to a longer deal, and he said no. And the only reason a player would do that is because he wants options regarding the future of his career. Now, yeah, he could say, well, maybe I'll get more in four years, and that's possible. Um, but obviously, you're giving up the security of a longer-term deal. I think, though, he wants to keep his options open. Toronto is a very difficult market to play in. He's got a ton of pressure on him. The Leafs have been a very underachieving team. Uh, and if, if they don't win a cup in four years, I could totally see Austin Matthews saying, you know what, I've had enough of all this. Um Lord knows if they don't win a cup or get to a Stanley Cup final in those four years, a lot of blame will be placed on him. And I could see him wanting to go somewhere else. Could the LA Kings be a destination? Possibly. It's closer to home. He is from Arizona. It's still a major market. Uh, and if the Kings are still a contending team in four years, which we all hope they will be, I don't think it's insane to think that Austin Matthews could be a landing spot in Los Angeles. And Drew Doughty's contract will be off the books by then. So the Kings lab, you know, that money to play with. Uh, they'd have to wait a year for Austin Matthews, but it's it's possible. I, I don't think McDavid's a realistic option. I think Austin Matthews could be a possibility. Uh, we got a couple more emails to read, uh, but uh, we're going to get to those emails in just a second here on Locked on LA Kings, your team every day. I don't know if you're excited about this like I am, but football season is about to kick off. We've got college football this weekend. The NFL is coming up very soon. I'm a huge football fan, uh, and FanDuel is giving you a chance to win all season long, whether it's college football or the NFL, because right now, when you bet on a Super Bowl winner, 
you can get bonus bets every time that team wins a regular season game. Just pick any team to win the Super Bowl, and you'll get bonus bets for every game they win this season. You can use those bonus bets on spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOnNHL and start earning bonus bets with America's number one sportsbook. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. All right, a couple more emails to get to. Our next one comes from Scott. He's in Simi Valley. And he says, I just caught Monday's show, and I was not aware that Trevor Moore's contract had so much term. I hate to say it, but in my humble opinion, Rob Blake has become a big spender. With the inflated Cal Peterson contract he signed and then had to shed, the Moore contract, and I even thought Kopitar, uh, Gravercoms, and Englands were borderline high. Not to mention that in trading for Pierre-Luc Dubois, I questioned whether Blake truly needed to give up the second pick in addition to Velarde, Iafalo, and Kupari. I doubt Montreal was going to be able to offer a better package for PLD than the Kings. Last time I checked, the cap wasn't going up, so uh, too much term and spending against the yearly limit is a dangerous formula. I certainly hope the Kings lift another cup, and I am proved wrong, but I believe that Blake needs to lighten the money belt a bit. I know other GMs make similar moves, but a million here and a million there adds up to perhaps being able to add another player, a key player to the roster, maybe even a younger and higher caliber goalkeeper. Go Kings go. Uh, Scott, it's certainly, um, I think you're, you are correct in that. I think that Rob Blake has shown a bit of a pension to be generous. Let's put it that way. Um, uh, you could make the argument that the contracts he gave to Kopitar and Gavrikov were on the high end of things. Um, but I think there's another aspect of that as well that maybe you're not considering. Uh, and, and you're not wrong with your points that every million here, every million there can add up. But let's take another approach uh, on this. Players look at Rob Blake as a general manager that is going to give them what they want and maybe a little bit more. And that's something that players find very attractive. Uh, and that might make Los Angeles, if a GM has a reputation of being more than fair with his contracts, that might be a place that potential free agents say, you know what? This guy takes care of his players. It's a place I want to go play. So again, your point is not incorrect, but I think there's a flip side to that as well when you think about it as far as a reputation of a GM, a guy who gives a little bit more, uh, not uh, completely you know, overspending, but gives you on, on the plus side a little bit. It could be a factor as far as players uh, wanting to play here. Um, as far as, you know, giving up that extra pick for Pierre-Luc Dubois, eh, I mean, you'd like to hold on to a second round pick if you can, but you know, if that was the deal maker, uh, then, then so be it. Uh, and this comes from Jim and Lakewood and he says, uh, fantastic work keeping uh, up all the moving, uh, fan, I'm sorry, fantastic work keeping it all moving forward. You definitely deserve a lot of credit for sticking your nose to the grindstone, us hockey fans appreciated. One thing I was going to put out there for the listeners is anyone ever see any of the Kings skate or work out during the summer? Just thinking maybe some of your listeners are seeing them uh, or the team uh, or pieces getting ready for the start of, of camp. That's all. Thanks as usual. And go CT go, which is Copley and Talbot. Jim is uh, he's a card carrying member of the uh, goalie lovers union. Uh, he's a, a former and current uh, goalie, uh, and uh, so he loves him some goaltenders. Um, I have always heard that NHL players come to Los Angeles in the summer to work out. 
I don't get out to the Toyota Sports Performance Center there in El Segundo often. Um, but I, I remember for many, many years, about like dating back to like the 90s, that uh, certain players would come out here for the summer, uh, get a little sun, uh, enjoy themselves a bit, and they would work out uh, here in Los Angeles. I would assume that's still the case. I don't know why it wouldn't be, but I can't say I have personally seen it or heard about it. So if any of our listeners or viewers have heard about or maybe seen, maybe you go out to uh, the Toyota Center there and, and catch those guys skating. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised if there are players, certainly um, not just Kings players, but players across the NHL that still come out to L.A. and and work out here in Los Angeles. Uh, let's get to some of the YouTube comments. Uh, and uh, this is regarding the show we had last Monday regarding who are the biggest Kings in the spotlight this season. And our first comes from Big Lebowski 3961. And he says, spotlight is on McClellan. Can he get the Kings to the next level? Big Lebowski uh chef's kiss to you sir uh i that is a that is a huge omission on my part uh i guess i was thinking more obviously about just players but todd mcclellan should have been on the list and probably number one on the list and we may do an episode on monday that looks into the coaching aspect a little bit more for the kings but i don't think there's a bigger spotlight on anyone more than Todd McClellan. I mentioned Pierre-Luc Dubois. Yes, the spotlight's on him as the new big guy in town, the, the you know the big toy uh, that the Kings have uh, acquired, um, but he's secure for eight years. Todd McClellan's job is on the line unless they sign him to an extension before the season starts, which I hope they do not do. As much as I like Todd McClellan, I think it's a prove-it year for him, and if he doesn't get it done, I think he's gone. I think the Kings are going to be like, okay, You've had enough time. We've had a, we've had a moderate amount of success. We're happy to get into the playoffs, but we're obviously the moves Rob Blake has made over the last three years, going out and getting Victor Arvidsson and uh, Philip Deneau, going out and getting Kevin Fiala, going out and getting Pierre-Luc Dubois. Those are all moves made to get this team to a level to compete for a Stanley Cup. And right now, just getting into the playoffs isn't enough. So Again, we'll see if he signs him to an extension. And if he does, you know, it's not like that money counts against the salary cap going forward. It's just money ownership would have to pay. But last time I checked, even, you know, billionaire owners don't like giving away millions for nothing. Uh, so you're right. Uh, great point by you. Bad job by me by not bringing that up. Tom McClellan absolutely has a huge spotlight on him for this coming season. Uh, unless there would have to be some really extreme circumstances for the Kings to make it into the playoffs lose again in the first round, and for them to sign McClellan to an extension after the season. Uh, it would have to be something crazy like, uh, you know, they they lose to the President's Trophy winning team or something, you know, in seven games in a, in a competitive series in the first round. Um, so, yes, you're right. I should have mentioned that. Tom McClellan absolutely has a huge spotlight on him, especially if they do not give him an extension before the season starts, which, I, again, I hope they don't do. I hope it's a prove-it year for him to get it done, to get the Kings into the playoffs again, but then out of the playoffs uh, as far as advancing um, past the first round. Uh, this one comes from uh, Dominic Ephraim, 3088. He says, Pierre-Luc Dubois will definitely be the player most in the spotlight for various reasons, attitude, impact, and worth. He was expensive. He cost us established Kings players. He has a critique of being a prima donna. Will it all be worth it? We won't know until the games are played. Till then, it is all speculative. And yeah, I, I said that I thought, although I should have had Tom McClellan in there, as far as the players go, Pierre-Luc Dubois, to me, definitely has the biggest spotlight on him for all the reasons that you pointed out 
Uh, and there's no doubt about that. I think uh, that uh, that comment is definitely very spot on. Uh, we do have some more YouTube comments to uh, to read and to comment on. We'll do that here in just a second on Locked on LA Kings, your team every day. Hey, check out Locked on NHL to stay up to date on everything going around the National Hockey League with the date analysis and all the latest news. I am sure that the Austin Matthews big contract signing this week was a big topic over there on Locked on NHL. So check it out. Locked on NHL on YouTube and your favorite podcast apps. Uh, We have some more YouTube comments to get to. Uh, This one comes from Ricky Hazel, 1130. Uh, He talked more. This is more about uh, players in the spotlight this year. He says, might want to throw Arvidsson and Roy in the players to watch as both are in the final year of their contracts with players behind them uh, who with a big year could supplant either of both of them, uh, LA needing cap flexibility now and in the future. They both might be favorite uh, favorable trade targets. I certainly hope that LA keeps Roy as I think he is a player whose skill set and consistency are extremely difficult to replace and they really don't have anyone to replace what he brings currently on the roster or in the pipeline. Uh, looking at Spence and Clark, while both are exceptional in their own own right, neither has shown to be a 100-plus hit, 100-plus block responsible shutdown guy. Uh, and Gabrikov is not at Roy's level, despite what many believe. Uh, yeah, a solid comment there. Um, I, I, you could certainly put those two guys as players to watch. As you mentioned, for obvious reasons, their contracts are up. Those are the big, the big two players who's, who are scheduled to be UFAs after the season. Cam Talbot, you could throw in there as well as another one, but uh, I think Gabrikov uh, is, you know, certainly could be that lockdown defensive guy on the second pairing, but Matt Roy, I think is probably a bit underrated, does a lot of great things. And uh, I'm a, I'm a fan of his as well, but you know, as we've talked about, there are so many pieces of the pie that can go around. So we'll see, but that's for after this coming season. I don't have a problem looking ahead, um, but uh, you know, I think I'm more focused on this season and then we'll worry about that as, as this season develops. But yes, looking down the road, those are two key players that the Kings are going to have to figure out what are they going to do with coming up after this season. Our next email comes from VDoom777. And he says, I thought PLD wanted to go to the peg. His pops is a coach over there, so he was supposed to not cry. He cried. Uh, I'm pessimist, pessimistic about him, not that he won't produce at least 60 points, but I believe he will not give the Kings what they need in terms of toughness and leadership. At some point, he'll be unhappy again, maybe in 2022. Deneau gives you 50 points, so big deal. 10 less points, but allows 10 less goals with Selkie-like defense. I'm pessimistic on Byfield and Kaliev as well. It would be nice to have Clark play a less error-free game than Jersey did. Talbot will be definitely a big improvement in goal, so we'll get more offense with three lines of centermen who can contribute. Even Lazat can get 10 goals, but there are still hurdles, and maybe McClellan is not the one capable of solving those. I would like to see the Kings acquire a winger for for Kopi if Byfield is not doing well. Uh, he needs a Brad Marchand type. Maybe you can find someone who is a grittier of a score, but at least someone who can grind, win battles in corners, and play physical. Who knows? Uh, maybe we'll see a surprise like a third-round pick stepping up a la Colton Point. Um, and I think V-Doom, I think he may have crossed the streams on a couple of different players there. Um, I did Google it just in case there was a blind spot for me. There was a Colton Point who played goal in the Dallas Stars organization back in the day. Um, I'm pretty sure that's not who you're referring to. So there's Braden Point of the Lightning, and then there's Colton Pareko 
I think who's on the blues last time I remember. I don't know if you're talking about one of those guys. Um, certainly a Brad Marchand type uh, that doesn't grow on trees. Uh, a guy who can score goals and be gritty and an agitator. I mean, Brad Marchand for, for love him or hate him. He is a one of a kind type of player. There's not a lot of those guys out there necessarily. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, look, people who are down on Pierre-Luc Dubois or maybe, maybe not even down on him are, you're kind of taking a I'll believe it when I see it approach. I understand that. Um, as far as his father, I, I'm not positive on this. I think he was hired after Pierre Luc Dubois uh, went to Winnipeg as like a scout or something. I'm not 100% sure on that, but I think so. But I could be wrong on that. But yes, uh, Pierre Luc Dubois, obviously, we've talked about it, got the big spotlight on him for sure. Uh, a couple more uh, comments. Uh, so this is regarding the show I did with the Locked On Rangers host, John Chick. Uh, we talked about Jonathan Quick and goaltending. This comes from Dave Young, 9484. He says, Eddie, did you notice how John didn't entertain your not needing a good goalie theory to win a Stanley Cup on both times you brought it up? I can't believe how you talk about how Quick has dropped on stats, but you talk about how Talbot rocking with the Kings like it's okay. Uh, to me, it sounds foolish as anything I have ever heard. Each time you talk about Kings goaltending and you talk about a guy who got a good team with a really good goalie, and John is talking to a guy with a good team but has no goaltending. I don't agree with you. I don't agree with your not needing a good goaltender theory at all, and each time you talk about Vegas goaltending and you talk about, by the way, no periods in any of this so far, <laughs> and you talk about Kings goalies, I just cringe, just my opinion, though Kings are screwed with their no netminders. Connor and Leon must be licking their chops right about now. Boo. <laughs> I mean, Dave, uh, I got to get a period in there at some, at some point. That was one sentence. Um, yeah, the, the the interview that I did with John Chick, um, the Rangers have Igor Shosturkin, who is a legitimate number one Vezina Trophy caliber type of goaltender. Um, but those guys are very rare, and those guys command a lot of money. Um, and you look at the, look at the guys who are the big horses, as far as like the Vesna guys, just from this past year, just out in the first round, uh, Linus Ulmark won the Vesna out in the first round, Andre Vasilevsky in Tampa out in the first round. Um, you know, a lot of these big time, number one, going to play 80% of the game goaltenders. Uh, there, there's no guarantee you're going to have a deep run in the playoffs with these guys. Obviously, those examples I just mentioned are proof of that. Um, and you look, I, I don't know why it, you cringe every time I bring up Vegas because that's an example of a team who just had a guy in net and they won a cup. Yeah, they, he, had a, they had a great team around him, but that's what I'm talking about, the philosophy of you don't need to have an Igor Shosturkin to win a cup. It's nice to have one of those guys, but that means if you're spending the money on him, then you're not spending it somewhere else. And it's been proven that it's not a terrible idea to spend the money somewhere else, not in net. So uh, that's the trend that's going on in the NHL. I think that's where we're headed. Um, look, I, I'm not saying I would turn my nose up at Igor Shosturkin being an LA King. I wouldn't. And I'm not saying goaltending isn't important. It obviously is. But I'm saying I believe, and I think a team like Vegas a team like St. Louis recently had a Jordan Bennington. He's not an elite goalie. He's not a Vezina guy. You can win a Stanley Cup with a goaltender who is good and gets the job done with a very, very good team built around that goalie. 
I, I don't think that's a controversial opinion. Uh, so that's that. Uh, I think we have one final comment here. This is from Frank Pareda, 1106. And he says, I believe the goaltending could be an issue, but I'm kind of with you on this. Goaltending is obviously important, but not as much in prior seasons with the Kings. I believe it's due to what I believe are an outstanding top four uh, and possibly a good bottom pairing as well. I believe their concerns lie on the wing, primarily the left wing, with two out of the top three yet to prove themselves that they belong long-term. Also, another concern is coaching. Just don't have a lot of confidence in them now, including the Ontario staff as well. Keep up the good work and go Kings go. So Frank, I think, is a little bit more on my side when it comes to the goaltending situation. Uh, yes, Quentin Byfield and Trevor Moore uh, are concerns as far as their point production. We'll see what they do this year. But yes, on the left side, on the wing, it's Kevin Fiala and then, you know, some pieces. So we'll see how, if those two guys can step up their game. That would help the Kings uh, immensely as far as their scoring output uh, this season. And yeah, I, I agree with you. I think we have a solid top two pairings. Uh, the third pairing is still to be determined, but Brant Clark on there should be fun and exciting. So I think defensively as a team, the Kings certainly lost a little bit with guys like Alex Iafalo and to another extent, Gabe Velarde uh, leaving. Um, but I think they can make up for that. I don't think it's a, uh, such a huge loss that they can't, uh, like I said, make up for that defensively as a team. Uh, going forward. Hey, thank you all very much for all of your contributions, whether it was an email or whether it was a post on um, the, any of the YouTube episodes. Like I've, I say every Friday, this show isn't possible without you contributing. So thank you to all who took the time to to uh, to comment. Uh, really appreciate it. Uh, the email address, if you want to send us a comment at any time on anything, is lockedoneddie at gmail.com, E-D-D-I-E. You can also post your comments below on the YouTube episodes all the time. For you everydayers, those of you, those of you that listen to watch Locked on LA Kings every day or right now every other day, um, we will have another uh, show coming up on Monday where we're going to feature something involving the Kings. I think it's going to be a coaching episode coming up on Monday. Uh, we're going to try and have another special interview this week with a rival. Um, we had uh, J.D. Young of the Sharks this week. Hope you enjoyed that. Um, and uh, next week, we'll look at some, hopefully have an interview with another one of the Pacific Division teams that we'll compete, be competing against this year, this season in the NHL. Uh, and of course, next Friday, another fan feedback show. Uh, you want to stay connected with this show during the week? Follow us on Twitter and Instagram. We are at Locked on LA Kings. I'm Eddie Garcia. Thank you as always for listening and watching this episode of Locked on LA Kings, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Have a great weekend. We'll talk to you on Monday. And as always, go Kings go.